Sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your pocket. Lead Lap Radio, powered by HMS Motorsport, the leader in motorsport safety, starts now. Howdy! What's going on? Happy New Year, Happy 2020, all that good stuff. Welcome to Lead Lab Radio as we get started for the 2020 season after a couple of weeks of uh, vacation for the holidays. It's great to be back. I uh, hope you all had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I know that uh, we did, and we're looking forward to 2020 and already this week. We've got some breaking news from the NASCAR world to share today that I don't think anyone expected. Hello, James Mellick, our producer. Yeah, I was I was expecting a different kind of breaking news for you to give the old breaking news. Oh, well, see, Jacob doesn't do this show. It's for those I'll of you who right. don't yes. know, Jacob Seelman is our counterpart on Thursday. So if we're going to do a breaking news story, he's got his own human sounder. It's It goes like this, breaking news. And then we do the breaking news, you see. Well, the breaking news for the day today was that Roger Penske, Team Penske, has changed crew chiefs. They have basically thrown their crew chiefs into a hat, pulled them out, and assigned them to cars, shuffling them around. Um, Todd Gordon and Joey Vagano, not together anymore. Neither are Paul Wolf and Brad Keselowski, and neither are Jeremy Bowens and Ryan Blaney. So here's how this goes now. Get ready. There's going to be a quiz on this later. Ready? Here we go. On the two car, Jeremy Bullens with Brad Keselowski. Going to the 22 car is Paul Wolf for Joey Logano. And going to the 12 is Todd Gordon. For Ryan Blaney, this is a really interesting move for me because I wasn't really aware of any issues in the Penske camp. Um, I don't really know what was behind this other than maybe just wanting to provide a little bit of a new spark and maybe try to, um, you know, try to up the ante over there a little bit. But James, you've uh, you've been around the, the cup garage a, a lot and, and still uh teardown specialist for uh, Levine Family Racing. A crew chief change is not a small thing. No, changing crew chiefs is a big change. It's um, about the biggest thing I can think there in that situation, like you're saying, has to be they're trying to just add a spark to yeah. all of those teams. I mean, maybe one of those cars didn't give the performance they expected, or maybe all three didn't have the performance they expected last year. And every time, not I want to say every time, but most of the time when a driver gets a new crew chief or a driver gets a new um, vehicle to drive, rather it's an organization change or uh, down upgrade, something like that, they find a way to perform at a higher level. And I think that this here was a chance for Roger to make that change and say, hey, let's put some spark in this team for next year. Yeah, huge uh, huge news out of the Penske shops. And, of course, the other big Penske news of the day, yes, there was more. Uh, this one isn't really news. It's just now official news. Roger Penske has officially taken over. Uh, the IndyCar Series and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in terms of ownership. As of today, he is the official owner of both of those properties. And so uh, we will see where all of that goes from here. But that was also big news of the day. I should probably tell you who I am. For those of you who don't know, that always helps. My name is Tom Baker. I am joined in the WSIC studio in Statesville, North Carolina by uh, Brett Suggs, who is a Southeast Super Trucks racer 
no longer a rookie in that series. That's right, yeah. <laughs> this is going into your second year in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, local racer from the Mooresville area, and uh, Brett's on his way up the racing ladder, so we're going to talk to him. And, of course, we mentioned James Mellick, our producer, is on hand as well, and James is the teardown specialist for Levine Family Racing. Um, he is a multi-talented fellow. He also uh, calls a mean football game when he has to. Yeah, and I do a lot. Pretty much a all-around sports guy. You're a you're a camera operator and a producer and a and a play-by-play guy and a teardown guy and you basically can just do it all. Yeah, I can. I just do it all. I like to have my hands and everything. I like to be working on the camera. I like to be behind the scenes. I like to be on camera. Um, I like to work on cars. I like to do a little of this, a little of that, and it's just. Uh, it's good to have a lot of different crafts, I think. And, yes. Uh, there's a absolutely. lot of them, everything from the electronic side to being able to do mechanical stuff. It's really cool. First full season with us for uh, for Jane's first full year. We're happy about that. And so uh, we've got, of course, HMS Motorsport is the primary uh, partner of this show, supporter of this show, and the folks from HMS always uh, supporters of Race Chaser Media. We appreciate their support. We'll tell you a little bit more about them later uh, and our other partners as well. But uh, we'll start with some conversation with uh, Brett here. Um, first of all, for those in our audience who aren't familiar with you, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in racing. Yeah, so my name is Brett Suggs, like you said. I started racing at the young age of four. Actually, in what were in you Florida. racing at four years uh, old? Well, I started off in quarter midget cars. Okay, yep, can you at, run those uh, at four? You can, yeah. Oh, you can I run see. Some, you, you can run can. a little bit, yeah, a little okay. bit, yeah. Um, really took off when I turned five, of course. But uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, again, so New Smyrna Speedway, we we started off racing there, and I really got involved because my my dad and sister they started, and for years, I mean, I I got that sniff of race fuel, you know. And it, it really well, lighted. Wait, your sister was a racer, or your dad yeah, was? Both. Both. Yep. yep. Uh, How did your dad race? Mini cup cars. Yep. Oh wow. Yeah, the, uh, the half scale race okay. cars. So um, between my sister and my dad, it kind of there's there's funny pictures you can see of me standing next to the race car as a, just a little baby, had a diaper on and all. Um, so that really got me involved in racing. And uh, my my parents they grew up in Connecticut, right around Thompson Speedway. Uh, so I think that contributed overall to my interest in racing and started off in quarter midgets, ran those for about five or six years, then moved on into the mini cup cars, ran bandoleros for a couple years. Um, then we moved from Florida to North Carolina in 2015, and that really took my career to the next level. Um, we, we moved into the Allison Legacy car in 2017, okay. and 2018 actually won the championship under the wing of Donnie Allison. So he uh, he was a great mentor for me and really taught me a lot about driving, taught us a lot about setup, and that led us on to 2019, this past season now. First year as a Southeast Super Truck racer, rookie, like you said, and we were able to, as a rookie, get sixth place in points, just shy of rookie of the year, just two, like two, two points, points. Yeah. <laughs> yep, two points shy, uh, but we had yeah. some we had some great finishes throughout the year. And I'm really excited for bringing that momentum onto the 2020 year. What was it like to go from the legacy car to the the truck? I would think that there would be some similarities, and yet also obviously some differences in terms of size and spatial mm-hmm. judgment and that kind of thing. Absolutely. I mean, my first practice was in February of 2019 in the truck. Where did uh, you? Anderson Motor Speedway. Oh, okay. Yeah. For Anderson, it, those of you not know Anderson, it's a... Uh, Fairly tight stop and go track. 
Uh, it's a great track yeah, for Legends cars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was that was her. the first track. And, I mean, right off the bat, I was pretty well acquainted to it. But, like you said, there are some key differences. Just kind of getting used to the power and everything. And yeah. uh, braking yep. is huge. Legacy, we didn't use as much brake. Uh, but certainly certainly enough to kind of move me on into a bigger car where it's it's key. You need to have good brakes in the bigger cars. Um, and also momentum. I mean, you need to try county, for example. You need to keep your momentum up. And le- Legacy cars were huge for momentum. So uh, the the things I learned in Legacy really helped me off as a as a rookie in the trucks you know it uh really i kind of bridged the gap between just being a race car driver running three quarter scale to full scale you know it it uh made the transition a lot smoother the the uh the southeast super trucks is a nice series Mm -hmm. i think i they really they they've done a nice job of building a, a touring series that's affordable and that really provides some great racing, and the car counts have been, yeah. truck counts have been pretty consistent yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, I imagine for somebody like you coming out of the legacies to go into that series, it kind of checks all the boxes. You get you get the decent number of competition, you get the affordability factor, and you get to run against uh, some some drivers who've been around a long, long yeah. time. So you, it's it's. That's not all of them may be the best known drivers, mm-hmm. but they are in this area and they've been doing it a while. And, and it, it really makes it a challenge for someone like you trying to come yeah. into it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's great drivers. You can go first to 15th. I mean, any of them are really capable of winning. So it's a really tight competitive series for sure to be in. Um, and we were lucky enough to break the top five, about six races out of the 12. So to be a rookie and be in contention with those veterans that have been racing full-size race cars for 20 plus years. It's, uh, it's really, I'm really proud of our efforts for this past season. And so you go into 2020, I imagine with a great deal of confidence, right? Absolutely. You know, because you, you've already gotten a year under your belt, so you Mm -hmm. know what to expect and you've worked out a lot of the bugs. Mm -hmm. So you're ready to go on for a championship. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my rookie year in the then the legacy car, uh, we missed the first race. We were still getting used to the series and all. Uh, and then turn around 2018, go out there and win the championship. Six wins on the year. So I'm kind of hoping that's a little bit how the truck goes. It's not going to be easy. The, t- the competition is so stout. But we're going to be a lot more prepared, a lot better equipment, and just ultimately ready to take on battling inside the top five every race. Well, we certainly would look forward to uh, seeing what you can do in 2020. I know you... Uh, you're certainly excited about the season. And, and again, for those who don't know, the Southeast Super Trucks, it's a series that's been around for a while here in the South. And, and it's it's really grown. And in fact, they've acquired, there's now a Southeast Legends Tour. And I think they've got a Southeast, um, what is it? A, like the a limited, limited late model, model tour. Yeah. tour kind of deal going so that that brand is sort of multiplied itself into other divisions mm-hmm. um and again you know it's uh it, it's a lot of fun to watch they put on great shows wherever they go so uh we'll talk more with brett as we move forward here um on we lap and also we've got the latest news we mentioned at the top the the crew chief change and all of the penske related news there's more um that isn't penske related we did have the roar over the weekend, which is uh, basically the roar before the 24, it's Rolex practice, if, if you want to just be basic about it. Uh, and we had Rowdy on the racetrack 
um, for the first time in the sports car. We'll talk later about how he did. And um, also, Bubba, new crew chief, Bubba Wallace, for next year. We'll tell you who that is as the show continues as well. You're listening to Lead Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, and we will be right back. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Ross Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Lead Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport. We are coming to you live on both the Performance Motorsports Network in audio form and WSIC TV 25.2, that's a Daystar channel, uh, over the air channel in Charlotte on TV in video form. So we're live on radio, live on TV. Um, and then, of course, you can also, if you miss any part of the show or you just want to hear it again, um, 
for whatever reason, you can just search Race Chaser Radio on almost any of the top podcasting platforms uh, tomorrow and we'll be there. So always a day after the show airs live, uh, it is available in podcast form at your favorite podcast. Uh, I was asked about Spotify the other day. Yes, we are on Spotify, Race Chaser Radio. Um, same with uh, iTunes, uh, iHeart, Google Play, TuneIn, um, pretty much anywhere that you'd uh, reasonably listen to podcasts these days. Our uh, our feed is there. So um, Race Chaser Radio on your favorite podcast. You can get all of our shows, not just this one, but all of the shows that we produce uh, here at Race Chaser Media are available on that particular form uh, forum. So Brett Suggs, um, starting your 2020 season, what are you most looking forward to? Is there a particular track that you ran with the tour that you really enjoy more than any of the others for whatever reason? Well, to start off, I'm most looking forward to getting back on track, period. Well, I figured that. That's Absolutely. why I quickly changed the question. Right, right. So <laughs> Kingsport Speedway is probably one of my top tracks to go to. That's in right there in Kingsport, Tennessee. Really tight track, uh, but that kind of fits into my wheelhouse. Kingsport's awesome. Yeah, right. Uh, that place. Quarter-mile tracks are what I grew up racing, and Kingsport's just bigger than that, about three-eighths, kind of like Hickory. Uh, but it's the concrete jungle, as they call it. So it's it calls for really intense racing, and uh, we were we were good there every trip we made last year. So that's probably one of my favorite tracks to go you back to. You grew up racing tracks smaller than a quarter in your quarter vision. They were like what a twentieth. Oh, yeah, those were <laughs> those were tiny tracks, tiny tracks. <laughs> the Syracuse track that I was involved with for about thirteen years up in New York was a tenth mile, mm-hmm. and that was considered like a quarter midget super speedway, right? Tenth mile track. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's amazing to watch. Uh, like the the kids at the NCQMA up here in Salisbury, mm-hmm. uh, North Carolina Quarter Midget Association, the size of those tracks, it it really teaches you great reflexes. Though. Yeah, it does. You yep. really learn uh, to you know accident avoidance kind mm-hmm. of thing because um, everything happens quick on that size track. Right. But my um, my last year racing actually, we came up to Salisbury for that track, and it was like a Thanksgiving bash they had going on, and really really unique track. It's a really clean facility. It is. Um, yeah. But all I remember is, like, you'd go down entry on the corners, and every now and then you might lift a left front up, lift a left <laughs> rear up, and you got to put her back on the ground. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I grew up on just short of the quarter midget track, but the high banks of New Smyrna Speedway and yeah. Auburndale Speedway, Orlando Speed World, all tracks around Florida. Um, so, I mean, the, the tight, uh, small track at Kingsport kind of is what I'm most suited for, you know. It's a nice track. Robert Presley at one time ran that track. I don't think he does anymore, but uh, Robert Presley mm-hmm. was was running it for a while. But that's a really nice facility. Tennessee doesn't have an awful lot of paved tracks over there at this point, which is kind of a shame. A lot of them have gone by the wayside, but you've still got Kingsport there, and you've got, uh, of course, the fairgrounds, mm-hmm. Nashville Fairgrounds, and then um, what used to be Highland Rim. It's changed its, na- its name now, um, but uh, used to be Highland Rim Speedway over there as well but kingsport's a kingsport's a nice track i always enjoy going over there to watch races when i get yeah. the chance to do that um but you you put you run a kind of a, a a good um conglomerate of a variety i guess is the word i want variety mm-hmm. of tracks um with the southeast series is is there a track that you've you've had trouble with that you just can't seem to figure out or have you pretty much uh conquered them all at this point well I mean, we've had we've had our ups and downs throughout the season, and we've been fast at pretty much every track we went to. Uh, I'd say probably Tri County. I've had the worst luck there, so that's still working on figuring out that place. 
Um, there's so many grooves you can run. You can run all the way against the wall if you choose, all the way down to the bottom. Yep. And certainly as the race goes on, you're going to have to move up the track, save tires and all. Um, but it's the track's bit us a couple times, and I think uh, with what I know now, we'll, we'll really be prepared to go there next season. That track, uh, again, has been purchased. So yeah. getting a nice facelift now, which yeah. is great. Yeah. I'm really excited. We're going to try... Um, to get the new owner of that track on uh, a show here in the near future to talk to everybody about what's going on there. But um, it's it should be uh, great. I, I always liked that track. It mm-hmm. was always one of those situations, and a lot of our listening audience will will understand because occasionally, you know, different tracks run into this. You have your little bumps with the neighbors or the town or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so tri County, when I, when I first came here in 2006, tri County was really strong. Um, and in fact, um, I think, um, if not when I was, when I first came, then shortly after Tim Southers, um, came on and promoted it for a year or two. And Tim is now the uh, director of communications for Martinsville Speedway. He's going to be on next week's show. Oh, by the way. Um, so we'll get to uh, chat about Martinsville and what they got going on this year. But but uh, at that time, it was a weekly Friday night track and really, you know, going strong. And it kind of faded out um, and went through some issues. But now, um, now that Mr. Higgins has bought it, um, I really feel like it's got a chance to be a, an important part of the, the race scape again here in the yeah. area. And that's... Uh, it's a fun track to run, and I could see where it would take some time to figure it out because, yeah. again, you do have a lot of choices of right, lines right. to run there. Yeah, there's so many options, and certainly as the run starts off, I mean, you're going to be quick on the bottom, yep. but with our long 75-lap races, you got to save tires, so moving up is crucial. And then I was going to get to that, but yeah. finish your... Right, right, so saving tires, and uh, I'm. we've had a couple misfortunes there, but we've still... Oh. We've still fired off Did the, you bend some equipment? Couple bars, couple <laughs> bars. Hey, but that didn't stop us. We still have made every single race, that's, so we were yeah, we were uh, lucky to get the truck back together. But I was going to ask if if in that series you had to to save tires. It's mm-hmm. if it feels to me like sometimes seventy five laps is a little long, right? But then on the other hand, I say, well, if you've got a competitive field, um, and it can be good racing all the way through. Mm-hmm. If you can stretch it out to the point where people have to manage tires, it introduces a strategy into it that that somewhat at least takes away the money factor. Yeah. Because if it's just a sprint race, then you can just, you know... The, have the fastest truck yeah, and go and, out there. And just go yeah. win. Um, but with a longer race, you got to manage your equipment mm-hmm. and, you know, and there's enough time for things to happen. And, and, you know, even if you have to start in the middle of the field or the back of the field, you have plenty of time to pass your That's way right. out. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Kingsport specifically, last time we were there, it was a double feature. And same well, set I of tires. That. 275s? 250s. 250s. They narrowed it down a little I bit. I love that too. Um, love but that yeah, format. same set of tires. And the first race I, I saved, I was conservative, finished fourth. Went out there the second race, finished third. That was our best finish on the year. Uh, but saving tires, I mean, you you can go pretty much any track we go to. And if you're not saving tires, yeah. you're, you're going to be losing it there at the well, end. Well, that's the way you want it. I, I think that's the one thing I like. That the Super Cup stock car series has that same format. They run twin fifties, mm-hmm. um, and you get one new set of tires a, a weekend. That's it. That's right. that's it. And he runs hockey pucks. Mm-hmm. So basically, you can 
you know, you can bring all the horsepower you want. If you bring yeah. too much, you won't get it to the ground. Or you're going to blow your tires off in right, 30 laps, right. um, which is so when you have a series like yours or like Super Cup Stock Car Series, those types of series, that's what you want. Mm-hmm. You, you want to put everybody in a situation where as much as possible, you know, money doesn't give you a huge advantage. Right. And that's been a great thing about this series. It's a really affordable one to be a part of. Yeah. And we have two new tires every race. We're not even doing all four. Oh, okay. Two Two new tires a race. I like that. Yep. So that's a a cost-effective way of kind of saving money for the series and the drivers and everything. Um, But, yeah, so it's it's really crucial when – you can't exactly go out there and win it on the first lap. You got to have it there at the end, you know, and that's something where I, I learned. I didn't learn that in the legacy car. We had 30 lap races, but uh, definitely r- running in the truck and getting that experience and just and learning what it takes to last. Uh, that's that's something that I'm ready for this year. Do you have you had ever had time or taken the time to stop and really think about the fact that you have been able to grow up in some of the on some of the most revered tracks in the entire country you know like it's yeah. it i know when i first came here even with what i do you know in in media and the work that i do when i go to hickory i mean i revere these tracks mm-hmm. because i grew up in central new york state watching bush races or whatever at these tracks yeah you know and so when i go to hickory i go to greenville pickens or i go to you know to anderson or south boston or Mm -hmm. you know of course new smyrna in florida right um those tracks are such a huge part of stock car short track history in this area absolutely it's surreal i mean going to hickory motor speedway and just knowing that nascar legends i mean it's called the birthplace of nascar stars for a reason exactly uh, so to, to know I'm out there on the same track that these legends raced on, it's it's uh, a surreal experience. I'm just yeah. really proud to. Anytime I'm on track, I'm I soak in every minute because I mean you never know what could what could happen. Um, but yeah, it's any track in Carolina is a pretty historic one. Well, it really is, and you know, north or south, mm-hmm. um, and you know, again, even Kingsport. Tennessee is again you've got the history there too it's it's just fascinating and I always I always wonder if you guys ever really stop to appreciate it just like we've had a couple of guys from down here that have jumped in modifieds or whatever and gone up north mm-hmm. and ran it like Thompson Speedway in Connecticut or you know Oxford and Maine or whatever those again those tracks are you know they're they're just um they're just part of so much a part of racing history and they're some of the oldest tracks in the country so right. You know, I think it's important to understand the history of the sport mm-hmm. so that you can appreciate the fact that you get to be a part of it. Yeah. Because I, I see too many young drivers that I feel like don't ever get that. And I think once you understand that you're a small part of a much bigger thing, then it it I think it makes you work a little harder to hang on to it and grow into it. And uh, we'll be back with more with Brett Suggs. And we've got all kinds of news and topics to talk about as League Lap continues. Presented by HMS Motorsport right after this. 
Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Laurel Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'll come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Hey, this is Reed Wilson, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. It's my favorite re-entry. If you weren't awake before that re-entry, Reed Wilson just woke you up. He's always so enthusiastic, that kid. Okay, welcome back to Lead Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com if you need anything in the realm of driver safety gear, whether it is... Um, whether it is shoes, underwear, uh, race suits, belts, helmets, even radios, HMS Motorsport has two locations, one in Danvers, Massachusetts, one here in Mooresville, North Carolina, or you can go to their website at hmsmotorsport.com. They've got a multitude of brands uh, to fit not only any budget, but also to specifically fit your style of racing, and that's key. All of the folks at HMS 
They don't want to just sell you a product. They want to make sure the product you're buying not only fits you properly, but also is the right product for your type of racing, your type of race car, and all of that. So they're going to take the time to make sure that what you're buying is the right thing. Um, so don't just go buy something online. Go to HMSMotorsport.com. You can give them a call, talk to them, make sure you know what you need and that you're getting the right thing for your situation and then they can take care of you. Um, they are truly experts in the field and they have helped a lot of the sanctioning bodies write the safety specifications and such So um, over the years, including NASCAR. So please give them an opportunity um, when, you, when you're needing safety gear. And again, they do have radios as well. HMSMotorsport.com. Com. Tom Baker, Brett Suggs, James Mellick hanging out in the WSIC studios in Statesville, North Carolina, just outside Race City, USA in Mooresville, which is where you're from, Brett. And I, I'm curious what it was like for you to come up from Florida. I mean, I know you had five flags there, but Florida is not per se other than the Daytona area. And I suppose there's a lot of, there's a lot of dirt tracks there, mm -hmm. but this is racing USA yeah, here, at absolutely. least East coast. I mean, you go to what go West it's Indy, but right. um, what was it like to come from Florida and drop into Mooresville, North Carolina, and all of a sudden here's everything. Yeah. It was a huge transition for me and my family. I bet. And uh, you could go walk around anywhere in Florida and you say you drive race cars. It was like, oh, wow, really? Like, that's so interesting. Yeah. You come into Mooresville, and it's like, oh, you drive race cars? Yeah. Oh, you're in racing. <laughs> so does everybody else. <laughs> you're in the industry. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really neat to just be anywhere and just part of the culture. be around with race, yeah. race car drivers and team owners and every, anyone that works in the industry. Um, so, I mean, I love it much more than Florida because racing is all I've done all my life. So just to be in that environment, uh, it perfectly suits me, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, Mooresville, it's, it's a key hotspot for racing. Now, you've graduated high school, mm -hmm. um, and now you're attending college at High Point University? That's correct, High Point, yeah. Um, you're a freshman. I am. Mm -hmm. And you're studying what? So currently I'm majoring in marketing with a minor in sales. Okay, well, two good things to, to have for your racing career. Mm -hmm. And High Point's had its share of racing folk there. Yep. Harrison Rhodes, I know, was... was went to high point and that's right um why harrison is not still in racing i have no idea because the kid was a good racer mm -hmm. but uh you know again it's it's tough it's just a tough yeah. uh it's tough to stay in the sport uh but um you know there have been a few guys that have gone to high point that have um that have been in nascar and both and both uh, the dylan brothers Ty and yeah. Austin. Yeah, yeah that's right mm -hmm. yep and and of course they're both from the winston-salem area they went yeah. to school in winston-salem um and so um, there've been a few, but, um, I think it's, it's great to be able to have that backup mm -hmm. and to be able to prepare yourself to, to kind of be a part of your own brand building with right. the major that you right. picked, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, marketing and, and sales kind of work hand in hand and whether I'm racing or working in the industry, uh, it's always, it's always great to have a safety net of going to school and getting that education so uh, marketing, I really, I really feel like that could not only help me personally, but my race team. And like I said, working in the industry and working with uh, these marketing firms in motorsports yeah. specifically, that's, that's ultimately where I'd like to, to end up in the future. What, um, 
what is what is life like at High Point for you? I mean, you I know this was your first semester that just passed, but I mean, is there again how many how many people know that you race there? I mean, is it kind of common it's, knowledge or a lot of people do know uh, at the opening ceremony convocation event. Um, the one of the deans mentioned like we have this many pro soccer players, for example. And then they said, we have one race car driver. <laughs> and so wow, when I tell people, in. when I tell people that I drive race cars, they're like, oh, are you the one they were talking about? I'm like, yes, <laughs> thank you. Yes, that was me. I'm the oddball. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people do know. Um, there's certainly plenty that don't, but they can look at any of my social media and certainly see, see race I'm cars everywhere. I'm surprised there aren't more than that. But then, see, the, the, the problem is we have UNC Charlotte here. Mm-hmm. And, and you see, at the convocation at UNC Charlotte, it's probably the opposite. It's like we have one pro soccer player. We have, you know, 620 race car drivers. Right, you know? right. Yeah. yeah. It's like every other uh, every other person on the campus is a racer. But, mm-hmm. um, but, but making the adjustment to college, how do you balance your time with all of your racing requirements? Uh, first semester, not too difficult. High Point did a great job of kind of, uh, transitioning the students from high school and from their home into campus life. So they, they made it a really neat process. Now, this upcoming semester is going to be a lot more difficult for sure, but I'm willing to stay on top of things and plan accordingly. And ultimately, racing comes first. So say there's a weekend where I have to be at school for something, that's that's important. So I'm going to have to, uh, unfortunately, miss a race. Hopefully it rains on that weekend. <laughs> but... But anyways, I mean, if I can't be there, yeah. I don't want any of you to be there. <laughs> That's right. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's campus life. It's it's a really inspiring environment. And I didn't have to go a whole semester and realize that the very first time I toured it, I was like, this is the place I want to go. Um, so I'm really what fortunate. was it about High Point that the business school they have, the president, Nito Quibane, he's a he's an industry leader. He's a businessman. He's very inspirational. And every week as a freshman in your in your uh, first semester, we would all have a class with him where he'd uh, teach us life skills and all which you can take into the workforce. So is uh, just I love that. their curriculum altogether was was really fitting for me. And I'm, I'm glad I chose it. That's great. I mean, it's it is surprising that you chose that over UNC Charlotte, mm. given your racing background. But right. obviously, you 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 felt more at home and mm. more like that was where you needed to be yeah. for what you were studying. And I like the smaller scale of High Point. The average class size is right around twenty, and that's oh really? Yeah, that's what I grew up in high school and everything. Small classes. Interesting. Um, so I I, I, I'm not a big bigger. fan of the fifty to hundred classes. That's just overloaded. So High Point does a great job of kind of dividing the classes and the times and scheduling and everything to really fit what we need best as a student. And that was another thing I chose High Point over UNC Charlotte was the class sizes and business altogether was a lot more fitting at High Point for me. Interesting. So you pretty much have known right what you want and just mm-hmm. went after it. Yeah. It's funny. I didn't know I wanted to go to High Point until I toured it for the first time and really it opened my eyes to all opportunities here. But you understood what you were looking for. Right, yeah. You know, smaller classes, base, you had yeah. boxes to check. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, a lot of kids just, you know, I want to go here because my cousin went there yeah. or my girlfriend's going here right, or my, right. you know, um, and, and you kind of, mm-hmm. you were more focused on what you were going to get out of it. Yeah, I set my standards pretty high when it comes to picking the right university. 
tour any other places like outside of the state or here in the state? Like maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, like uh, Lenore Ryan up in Hickory, Queens down in Charlotte. Any of that stuff you tour any of those or any place out of out of state? No, UNC Charlotte was actually my number one until I toured High Point. Uh, that kind of was the deal breaker wow. there. Yeah, uh, just UNC there's Charlotte. A, there's it's, your promo for High Point right yeah, there. Yeah, High Point. Uh, it's a great university, Premier Life Skills University, they call it. Um, but yeah, that was touring it was like, this is exactly where I want to go. And I applied for many universities and got accepted to them. Uh, Chapel Hill, for example, uh, NC State. Um, did you tour that? I did not. I did not tour. High Point got you first. It did. Yep. Yeah. It caught my eye and I stuck with it. So that's the one I, I'm lucky enough to go there now. Yep. It's, it's interesting with, with the NC schools because, mm-hmm. Um, I just spent some time over the weekend, a friend, young friend that, that was in the youth group at our church, um, who's now at UNC Wilmington mm-hmm. came back and, and was kind enough to drop by and see me. And, and, um, interesting, just talking, it, it's almost like, well, my school's better than Charlotte because right. It, yeah. it, that's really, it's funny how everybody compares to Charlotte I would think everybody would compare to High Point because UNC mm. is UNC. Right. And the rest of them are just sort of whatever they call them, like secondary campuses or whatever. Right. Um, it, it, but, it, but I seem to hear more people that compare their school to Charlotte than anything else. Um, and, but again, it's, 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 it's interesting. And you're, mm. I think you're, the, the fact that you know what you want out of it mm. is going to keep you more focused on the right things because obviously – you go to college, it's all in front of you, man, and there's nobody right. there telling you not to do it. That's right. That's right. And priorities, I mean, that's a big thing. you got to keep them in line. And with racing and school, I know exactly the path I want to go down. Well, that's great. What Growing up in racing, did you have a hero? Um, Other than your dad, because that would be assumed. Yeah, yeah, of course. And my sister, <laughs> I mean, they were role models for yeah, me. Why, why is, what happened to your sister? Did she retire early? She went to Belmont Abbey. And worked in the motorsports management kind of realm of industry. Oh, um, she's, she's going to be your manager. She's not quite in racing <laughs> nowadays, um, but she's certainly happy with what she's doing now. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'd say Ray Black Jr. I raced with him actually in the mini cups growing up. Oh, and no kidding. Yeah, he was wow. like, he used to have me on his toter home watching late models go round and round. That's and fun. here we are around the mini cups and there he is now in Xfinity. So he's... He's been one of my role models throughout the years. Well, if he can do it, you can do it. Absolutely. So just keep working at it. We'll have more with Brett. We're going to let Brett hang around for a while. we got a lot of news to cover here. We'll kind of get into some of that. When we return to Lead Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, we're going to do that right after this. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color 
correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles, and now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters, and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at Strutmasters.com. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Jesse Love and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. So I don't want to gossip, but you're going to be seeing more asphalt in Jesse Love's career coming up in 2020. I bet. We'll see. Uh, Welcome back to Lead Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. And want to mention a couple of our other uh, broadcast partners that we have that have been great with us and uh, happy to continue to have my computer career with us. Uh, My computer career is training for a better life. If you want to change careers or you want a first career, my computer career could be a great choice. IT is one of the fastest growing industries. It has been for some time. It's projected to continue to, um, to grow very quickly right through the 2020s or the new roaring 20s, as I guess people are wanting to call it. Um, so, uh, and look, it's, it's really doesn't cost you anything to uh, find out what my computer career has got going on or find out if IT is right for you. You just go to their website at mycomputercareer.edu. There's a free career evaluation that you can take there. And if you feel like IT is uh, something that you'd like to pursue, you can get your 
Uh, training done in as little as four months, not even doing it full time, just a few days a week, either online at one of their seven campuses, either or. Uh, they have seven campuses across the U.S., and any one of them can accommodate you. They do have financial aid available if you are eligible, including the GI Bill. And they also work with hundreds of employers so that when you're ready to hit the workforce, they can help get you placed. Uh, and oh, by the way, there are two million unfilled cybersecurity jobs in this country right now. So great training. It may be a good alternative to the four-year school for some of you who are more technically inclined. If you're not good at math and science, that's okay. A lot of people seem to think that's a deterrent for an IT career. It's not. Um, and so again, mycomputercareer.edu. And I also want to mention strutmasters.com. They are the suspension experts. I'm not a very technical person when it comes to cars and suspensions. All I know is that whether you have a car or a motorcycle, they can really make your ride much softer and more pleasurable. Go to strutmasters.com and check out what Chip Lofton and his staff have built. It is pretty amazing stuff and uh, some of it rather innovative as well. And Chip is a great supporter of ours and of racing in general, has helped a lot of young drivers um, as they've been coming up the ranks, and uh, he's really into drag racing as well. You'll see him on several cars at uh, the NHRA level. With that, we continue with the show. We've been talking with Brett Suggs, and we're going to continue to do that. Brett's not going anywhere. Um, James Mellick with me as well. I'm Tom Baker, and we've had, again, so much news just in the last few days. Of course, we've been gone for a couple of weeks, so it goes back even farther than that, but... We're kind of going to stick to some of the more current news just for now. Um, Bubba Wallace, new crew chief for 2020. And I thought this was very interesting. Jerry Baxter going to be atop the pit box for RPM and Bubba. And as soon as James told me about this earlier, when we were talking before the show, I said, I wonder if he was his crew chief. When he was with Kyle Busch Motorsports running some truck races, James confirmed it because James was there. Yeah, I was there. I actually... Uh, I didn't realize you worked for KBM. Yeah, I had the honor to work for Bubba when he won his first race. Uh, when Martinsville. He, when he won that Martinsville oh, race. When he did that, great. when he won that race and was the first African-American to win since Wendell Scott. I was actually a part of that team. And, wow. Uh, that moment was awesome, and it's one I won't forget in my racing career for sure. And... Um, I know those two have stayed friends for a long time. They worked together the following year as well before Bubba moved on to Roush over there. So I know that uh, those two stayed friends. And um, Jerry was at MWR before coming over to KBM, and he worked at um, some Cup stuff over there and Xfinity stuff. Yep. So he kind of understands the Cup stuff and all that stuff already. So I think him and Bubba getting back together will be a good fit for Bubba to get on the right track this year because he came off – on the right foot at the end of the 2019 season. Yeah. And I think it'll really boost his confidence. People, people kind of overlooked the fact that the second half of the season, like the first 15 races, I think his average finish was something like 25 point something. And then the rest of the season, it was under 20. Um, that team got measurably better as the season went on. And sometimes it's about confidence and if you if you know a guy and you respect a guy and that guy can do the job, 
then you want that guy because you're 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 confident. And apparently Jerry Baxter and Bubba had some sort of chemistry as of course you were there. Um, what was that like to work with those guys? What, what was it like to work with Bubba and work with Jerry? And, and, and what do you think that Jerry's going to bring to Bubba that Bubba lacked? Uh, I think when those two worked together, you could just tell they were really good friends. I mean, I remember them two making a bet over a football game. Um, <laughs> one of them liked South Carolina, one, one of them liked Tennessee, and the loser had to wear the opposing team's hat. Um, of course, South Carolina lost, Tennessee won, so Jerry <laughs> had to wear a Tennessee hat, and they laughed and joked about it the entire time. And they just had a, a friendship where those two could just laugh and talk as friends outside of just racing. That's important. So um, I think that's going to give Bubba that um, – because he's talked, you know, about how he went through depression. I think that's going to give him that extra little bit of help um, to get him through sure. into next year. That's what I see. Well, that's going to be interesting. I, I, I don't think we can underestimate the impact this could have on the performance going into 20. I know that um, RPM announced that they were they were expecting to make a pretty significant sponsor announcement sometime this month as well. Um, I don't know who the sponsor is. I've no inside information on that or the magnitude of the sponsor, but I think the fact that they're changing crew chiefs and bringing in somebody that Bubba obviously wants is an indication that they're very confident in Bubba and that they feel like maybe this new sponsorship will help them to elevate themselves, um, you know, in, into, uh, a better position going forward. And I, I'm excited about that because I have never understood. I've known Bubba for a while. Um, and obviously we all know the history of Richard Petty and, and what Richard means to the sport. I've never understood why companies weren't falling all over the combination of the sports King and Bubba as, you know, an African American and, and somebody with, um, a very honest personality. You know, you can like or dislike some of the things Bubba says or does, but Bubba, Bubba's real. He's going to give you exactly who he is. He's not, you know, he doesn't make up a personality. So um, I feel like performance had to be the one factor. The team hasn't performed the way they should have. The higher you, you climb up the standings, obviously that makes a difference in people's interest in you. And I think, Hopefully, maybe this sponsor will sort of lead to others because it will give them the opportunity to improve their stuff. And that makes a huge difference. I mean, you you know that, James, even from working with LFR, as your performance is elevated, look how your status has changed yeah. as a team. Yeah. Um, you know, the better you run, the more people want to look at you, the more time yep. they're willing to give you to put their name on the side of your race car. Exactly. Uh, and that's what keeps the doors open and keeps people employed. Yep. So new crew chief for Bubba in 2020, uh, lots of other stuff going on in the sport. We now know front rows driver lineup, John Hunter Nemechek and Michael McDowell will be the two drivers. there. still waiting on a Daniel Suarez signing and beginning to wonder where Daniel Suarez will end up. Um, Bob Pockris speculating today that perhaps the Gaunt Brothers racing outfit, the 96 Cup team, may be uh, where, where he goes. Um, I am just blown away that it's taken somebody this long to put Daniel Suarez in a car. But um, it, it, 
it seems like maybe something is is close, but you have to just assume that the amount of money that Daniel Suarez previously had is not there anymore. Otherwise, somebody would have snatched him uh, before now. So hopefully Daniel finds uh, something that he can race and be competitive with because I don't think, uh, I mean, I know, I know he ran the 41 last year, but he had one season in it. And I feel like you need more than that to really show what you can do. Uh, Cole Custer, obviously in that car for this year. Uh, and, and it'll be interesting to see how Cole does the entire big three mm-hmm. from the Xfinity series this, this past year are now in cup. What a rookie of the year battle this is going to be. Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, and uh, and Cole Custer all uh, slugging it out for rookie of the year in the Cup Series, all with good equipment and, I think, opportunities to win races. This may be the best rookie battle we've had in Cup since Junior and Matt Kenseth, and I think that was 2000, if I'm not mistaken. So going to be very interesting. It, it'll be, it'll certainly be fun to watch. Okay, so we've got about a minute and a half left. James, did you want to jump in? Yeah, I want to jump in with that rookie of the year real quick. Go ahead. Rookie of the year real quick. Go ahead. I know that um, I'm excited for it for sure. Oh, yeah. Considering we have one of the, the guys well, yeah, fighting you've got for Chris it Bell. with Chris. Sure. And, you know, we're going to do the best we can to get him out there and get that rookie of the year on us for him. So I'm excited to try to help him get that for sure. Well, he's got, uh, he's got another win that he's going to be tackling here this coming uh, week when he goes over to Tulsa to try to win yet another driller at the Chili Bowl. And I got to tell you, this again, this is going to be a whole new thing. Now, all of you watching or listening to this show, tune in on Thursday at 7 Eastern for Motorsports Madness because we've got Austin Langenstein, who is going to be running the Chili Bowl. We've And we're working on, uh, I think we have, but we're working on Cannon McIntosh, who uh, has an excellent chance to win. Um, You know, Chris Bell, of course, been a part of Keith Coon's operation forever. No longer running for Chad Boat this year. Going to be interesting to see. Kyle Larson's been hotter than the fires of hell in a a midget all all fall and winter. Um, You know, you've got got Zeb Wise, who's gone from uh, Clawson Marshall over to Coon's. Um, Clawson Marshall's got two cup racers, Stenhouse and Newman. Uh, I mean, it's the Chili Bowl is always a great race. Um, I'm curious, Brett, if you had an opportunity to go play, would you go play? Absolutely. I've I ran bet you would. hundreds of laps there on iRacing, so hey, I'd certainly go for it. Well, it's uh, it's definitely a race uh, to, to behold, and we're going to uh, talk a lot about that on the Madness Show on Thursday night. We'll be back with more of Lead Lap presented by HMS Motorsport right around the turn. Stay with us. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. 
Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science, it's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu, that's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Ty Ingram, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Second hour of Lead Lap. First episode of 2020 is underway officially. My name is Tom Baker. I'm joined by Southeast Super Trucks racer Brett Suggs in the studio along with James Mellick. And we are talking racing as we continue with the program. Uh, more news handed down today. I, I would I would say this is kind of news that really isn't necessarily shocking news because we all expected it, but it is the official news now that uh, chase briscoe will be back behind the wheel of the um, Stuart haas racing number 98 ford for his second xfinity series campaign in uh 2020 here um he was the sunoco rookie of the year last year in the division and i don't think there's any doubt that he contends for the championship in 2020 do you uh, I don't think there's any doubt that he does. But my thing is, I wonder, did they move the points from the double zero over the 98 in ownership? Or, um, or, I wonder what they did there. Because well, the double zero finished higher in points than the 98 did. And I just wonder if they moved the points You would that. guess, uh, unless they would. I think that the only way they wouldn't do that is if they had somebody else for the double zero. Um, and I think that car is going away. I don't think they're going to run it. It may be part-time. But um, I've not heard of anything full-time. Um, the interesting thing about what Chase has got going is that he, in addition to 
his Xfinity Series races, he's also running some races um, in a an IMSA Ford Mustang GT4. He's going to run the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series opener later this month. Um, he's done some road racing. He is a Ford development driver, and Ford really likes Chase. And this is a, an interesting situation because Chase, of course, also has the dirt track background. So being with Tony Stewart, it's, you know, Chase is one of these drivers that you can put in almost anything and he's going to get the job done. So, you know, him running the Xfinity series again, I think certainly he contends for the title. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, and it kind of leads me to a question for Brett. You've run some dirt track mm -hmm. in your uh, racing history, young racing history, which do you like better dirt or asphalt? It's a tough one to say. Uh, I don't think I have enough dirt experience to really go out there and say like which one I prefer the most, especially in say like a sprint car or a late model, for example, but asphalt, I grew up racing that and I, I think I much more prefer that there's such a fine line and you have to be on your marks every lap on asphalt. Likewise on dirt, uh, but I just, I like the consistency of asphalt a little bit better. Now, you ran, um, it was a mini cup, but it was a truck body. Uh, I've and ran, I saw you yep. at Millbridge the first couple times. This was when you were just coming up That's right. from, from Florida. Mm -hmm. um, you ran the, the, the truck bodied car. What was it like to drive one of those on a dirt track? I mean, it was pretty neat. It's... Uh, just out there running as hard as you can, you know, you can, you can't really run the top groove, which Millbridge Speedway is pretty dominant on the top say, now, yeah. but of, of course I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't not try, you know, I got to send it up there, but yeah, I ran the truck once or twice for Eric Coombs. And yep. after that, we had our own car, put a late model body on it. looked like a wedge late model. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to say which one I like better when I don't have enough enough uh, dirt experience, but so far I think asphalt still have takes you, the top. Have you done any road course racing at all in like a go-kart or anything? Or uh, A little bit, um, which I enjoyed that tremendously. And certainly if there was like a full-size road car or uh, IMSA or something along those lines, I'd definitely take advantage of that. And I've, I've put a lot of hours into road course racing on iRacing, so that could be something in the future I'd, I'd certainly go after. I know a lot of the drivers that are younger, moving into the cup cars, Xfinity, trucks, stuff like that, that are going road course racing, they try to take this time in yeah. the summer right now, mm -hmm. and they go over to Charlotte, and they run one of those Legends cars in the winter <coughs> heat over there, and they'll run the road course over there just to get some time behind the wheel at a road course. Yeah, that's funny you mentioned it. Actually, just yesterday I was on iRacing in a Legend car on that road course that you're talking about. So uh, just... I mean, any sort of seat time is always beneficial, whether it's road course or dirt or asphalt or anything. Um, but I do enjoy a good road race, so maybe something in the future we could get worked out. Well, it's interesting because, you know, we've, we've, we've got the car track here in Mooresville mm -hmm. <clears throat> that um, allows you, you know, GoPro, <coughs> pardon me, GoPro Motorplex that allows you to, to, to get that experience. Right. Um, and then... <clears throat> Excuse me. As James Mellick pointed out, um, there's also the the Legends Winter Heat at uh, Charlotte, where you can get some road course experience. The Legends car, I think it's a 
I think it's a good idea in in the development process to have that experience because it at least starts to give you the mental picture. But, you know, when I think about iRacing and how lucky your generation is to have that sim technology. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, it's not as grand scale or detailed as, say, the simulators that the manufacturers have. But it gives you plenty enough mental training mm-hmm. to be able to um, to give you a leg up when you actually get into a real seat. Right. And that is such an amazing tool. And it sounds like you spend quite a bit of time on it. I do, yeah. I've certainly been back from school and everything. I've been trying to put a lot of hours in and uh, running really as much as I can to, to boost my score and my I rating, they call it. Um, so, yeah, and it's... I don't want to go four or five months in the off season being out of the seat. I definitely want to stay stay attacking my skills and and really preparing as much as I can without actually being in the seat. So iRacing has allowed me to do that, and I'm uh, looking to take it to the next level and upgrade my, my whole iRacing setup and maybe involve some motion or uh, some more technology into that to make it that more realistic feel. Um. We'll talk about that after the show. I've got an idea for you, but um, are you able to? Are you able to to do any of that while you're in school, or do you come home on weekends? Or, I or I typically and, come home on weekends, okay. and i racing. It's it's pretty hard to move into my dorm, so yeah. uh, don't have quite the space. Um, however, I do have a friend who has an i racing simulator in his dorm. Um, every now and then, I'd take some seat time, run some laps hey, on there. Buddy, old pal. Hey, you got that uh, simulator, but yeah. So I don't, I don't have mine there. But uh, when I'm home on the weekends, I certainly take advantage of it. Yeah, it's like uh, how you, you know you offer them what uh, you know one McDonald's meal an hour or something like that. You know, some sort of how do you you know I'll give you a part of my meal plan if you let me play on the sim. That's it's, but uh, that's that's a great opportunity, and and I think it's a it's it's a very you know people think of it as a game. It's not not mm. if you. Not if you are serious, right? It's They're, what you make of it. Yeah, that, exactly. Exactly. Yep. yep. That's uh, and and it. The more time you put in, I mean, we've seen William Byron is the poster child, but mm-hmm. you know there are scores of young racers who, um, who have actually not necessarily started on the sim, mm-hmm. but who have spent a great deal of time and used that to develop their skill set and actually get ahead of some of their their counterparts, um, you know, and, and it's a, a great way to prepare for an upcoming race. If the track or a track similar to it is available, you right. can at least get a good idea of what's going on. So, but yeah, it's uh that's, that's gotta be different for you to be away at school and not necessarily be focusing so much on the racing, because I know you're, you're a young man who spends almost all of his time when he's when he's in, in Mooresville and at home focusing on racing in some right. way or another, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, even when I'm in school, I'm constantly watching race films, trying to say I'm going to a new track I've never been to. Like, for example, when the season was just starting up, I'd never been to Tri-County or any of those other tracks. Uh, so I watched a lot of film in preparation to kind of just have an idea. And uh, now some of the tracks I race on in real life are on iRacing, but some aren't so it, it definitely helps watching that race film and some nights i might be studying for an uh, exam we have or something and in the background just have a, a late model race playing or uh, of the sorts uh just kind of you're just studying seeing what I with learn. a background of a race yeah 
Yeah. yeah. How does that work? <laughs> well, it turns into the race more. Yeah, I was going to say. But, uh, I mean, I get it all done and everything. It's it's just I'm always trying to learn of how I can get better oh, yeah. as a driver. You oh, know? yeah. Uh, well, and, and see, I think that's – I think it's a great way to obviously – the the fact that you have we talk about our racing but YouTube is just as valuable yeah. a resource. I mean it's it really is amazing nowadays the tools that you guys have right. that the older racers didn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. you know the older guys I think sometimes want to sort of downplay it. It's like no, you you want to know why at eighteen or nineteen these kids are ready for for trucks or Xfinity. That's why. Yeah, here's your answer. It's all the resources yeah. that that they have available, and the fact that these tracks, local tracks, let you guys all race big stuff at 12 years old. Yeah, yeah. I started. So, uh, the truck was my first full scale uh, racing experience. Like I, I ran some street stocks minorly, um, but to transition to the trucks at 17, 18 years old. I mean. There's some people that never make it there, which I'm really fortunate to be a part of. Well, that's what's always been interesting for me is the the whole argument that, you know, well, we shouldn't have all these 18 and 19 year olds in Cub. Well, the short track started it. I mean, you can run, you can probably run the Southeast truck at 13 if you want to, you know, and so you've got five or six years of experience used to, you couldn't run a a full size car in a short track till you had your license, Mm -hmm. like 16 or 17. So you just, everything is different now. Um, And it's, it's, it's amazing how, how skilled, uh, you know, you guys are at, uh, at, at such a young age. It really is something to watch. Before we go to break, I want to hop in and ask something just real quick. Um, so you said you're away from the simulator during the week and most of the time you get it on the weekends. Right. Um, being at school, you can still work on stuff. And one of the big things for a driver is cardio. Are you really working on your cardio, trying to improve that for next year during the Monday through Friday before you go home? Yeah, definitely. So it's funny when I started off the school year, I was telling myself like, I'm going to go to the gym every day, treadmill, a couple miles and just working out. Um, and that worked for a couple months and then I just got busier and busier. Um, but of course with new year's resolutions, um, I've, I'm going to try to my best to make it a everyday thing of going to the gym and just like we were talking earlier about blocking that into my schedule, having a specific time, uh, to go and do that because that's just as important as actually driving itself is the, the, the bodily form to be able to make like a whole 75 lap race. So, uh, that's, that's the agenda. Yep. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting for sure. That's all a part of it. Uh, and with that, we'll be back with more of Lee Lap presented by HMS Motorsport right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. 
Motorsports Sales Professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science, it's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu, that's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lead Lab, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Tom Baker, Brett Suggs, and James Mellick in the WSIC studio in Statesville, North Carolina. You can tell it's the first show back. My tongue, every once in a while, just gets tied right there. And it's like, okay, I'm just going to pause for a second so I don't sound like uh, I'm drunk or something. This is actually water in this bottle, just so all of you know. Uh, <laughs> And it's the first show back, so be patient. Um, Brett, we were talking before the break about um, physical fitness. And during the break, James Mellick and, and the three of us kind of got into a discussion and about even in a Southeast super truck for 75 laps in the heat of the summer in the Carolinas, where it can be 95 or over still, mm-hmm. At race time, um, plus the temperature in the car that you add to it with a fire suit, all that on, um, a, a some sort of a cool shirt or you know cooling device is very helpful. It I don't think people understand that the brain temperature, and this is I, this is not me making this up. This is sports science proven. The average temperature of the brain of a NASCAR driver in during the race, not only gets hotter, but stays hotter on average than, than the brain temperature of any other athlete in any other sport that exists. Um, and I don't think people realize that a lot of that, it isn't just 
the heat itself, but the fact that you are literally cooking your brain mentally with the Mm. amount of focus that you have to have. So how do you deal with that? And, And have you ever had a situation where you felt like you were, you were really kind of in a bad way after a race? Yeah. I mean, we all know racing is a huge demand on our bodies and I haven't had any situations where I've felt dizzy or passed out after a race. I've ran hundred plus lap races before. Um, funny story. My very first race in the super truck went all 75 laps under green. Wow. And here I am jumping from a 30 lap legacy race straight into a whole green for 75 laps. And surprisingly, I lasted the whole race, finished on the lead lap. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a huge demand on our bodies. And I think one of the biggest things is hydration. And I only I drink agree. I only drink water constantly throughout the day. Like I might finish five more bottles before we leave. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I'm like weeks in advance preparing for, say, I have a race this weekend. I'm already starting to hydrate a week before. Um, just drinking as much as I can every day. Um, so yeah, and, and to your point about the, the brain temperatures, I mean... When you're cooking inside the race car with with no helmet fan, in my case, it uh, it may cause you to lose focus a little bit. And I just I know, okay, we have say 20 laps left. I'm I'm gonna make it. Like I mentally tell myself, I need to keep pushing and keep running clean, consistent laps, hitting my marks. Uh, and that that's really how I personally get through. Uh, the fluctuations of, of my brain and mental state in a race. Well, that's, that's important. And you talk about, talk about hydrating. The other half of that is what you eat at the track on race day. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a driver once that I was working with. We were racing a limited way bottle at Hickory. This goes back a while and I'm not going to mention his name because there's no need, but um, you know, you, you try to teach them, you know, and, I think sometimes they look around and we're all, you know, eating hot dogs and whatever mm. else. It's like, well, we don't have to get in the car. Right. right. Well, he went to Taco Bell Oh, man. before he came to the track one night, middle of the summer, steamy night in Hickory. And yeah, that calls for a disaster. It was. Yeah. He finished the race, but he, he was experiencing vertigo and he, um, the Taco Bell reappeared in his helmet. Oh. Mm. Yeah. That's it's, a bad day right so, there. So, you know, after nightmare. that, it was sub sandwiches and bananas and all oh. of the good stuff. It's like, that's much better. Mm-hmm. See, sometimes you got to live and learn, you yeah. know, and it's just it's important to to what you put in your body. Yeah. And, you know, that's good. It sounds like you already have that. You know, it's and it's something that I, I'll tell you, too, just from my own experience, it's it's hard to change a habit. I mean, I, I will I will say that this is day one for me with no soda. Okay. And I'm a, a Mountain start. Dew guy. Oh, so you're trying you're is that the New Year's resolution? Get away from no, it? No, well, yes and no. I did make a resolution that I needed to get healthier. So that I guess you can call that part of it, but we're also doing a twenty one day fast at our church. Okay. And now Again, people think fasting, I'm not eating for 20. No, that's not what it is. Sometimes you just, you choose something that's kind of sacrificial for you that like is really difficult to give up and you use that time to pray. And that's kind of, you know, where my faith took me and said, well, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to see if I can can kick 
so they have it, or at least take a break from it, if mm. nothing else, just to see. And so this is day one. And this morning was really hard because I'm not a coffee drinker. I Mountain Dew's my caffeine. And, you know, I did not. I resisted the urge. And um, so it's the fitness thing can't be um, said enough of how important mm. it is as a young racer. Because these days, if you look at the NASCAR set, you know, pretty much you got a bunch of Jimmy Johnsons. They all mountain bike. They all run marathons. They all do all of these athletic things. Mm -hmm. Now, we can go back to the 70s and look at the drivers back then. They didn't look like Jimmy Johnson. Right. Now, we can argue that they were bigger and physically stronger because they didn't have power steering and had to, you know, I'm not saying they were less men by any means. I'm just saying it was, it, it was different back right. then. Yeah. But you've got to be in shape to run 500 miles. I don't care what. And I've always said... Better to get there now while you're mm -hmm. still only having to run 75 laps right. than to wait until it's time to run 500 miles and fall out of seat, fall out of the seat for half a season while you catch up on your training. Right, and that's a training. That's a big thing. And shout out to my brother. He was actually just saying, "Hey, no shout out," but uh, he's <laughs> he's uh, he's big into fitness. And what's his name? Kyle. Kyle. Hey, Kyle. What's up? Thanks for listening. I'm sure he'll We hope you'll that. listen even when Brett's not on. <laughs> yeah, come on back. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he's helping me, like, set up plans for workout schedules and meals and everything uh, for not just, like, to be ready in the race car, but just to be healthy in general, a, little yeah. bit he a healthy lifestyle, you know. Yeah. Um, so a little plug for See, him. See, I grew up – I'm a meat and potatoes guy. Right. And I'm not one of these people – there's a lot of these sort of healthier foods that I just don't like, mm -hmm. period. So it's, it always is hard for me to, when I decide that it's time to get healthier, and I've had this a couple times in my life where it's time to get, and then you do, and then you kind of get away from it and it, you know, <laughs> and then you got to do it again. Um, it's really, a, for me, it's more portion control and mixing in, you know, the, the shakes or whatever kind of in between and working out. And so it's, it's very, very good to develop the habits at an early age like you are because then you don't have to worry about you get older, it's harder to, to, to yeah. do it. Yeah, for sure. You know, so um, and I, I'm sure High Point, like the rest of the bigger college campuses now, has some of the 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 franchise restaurants on campus, right? Yeah, there's a Chick-fil-A and Subway. Well, see, now Chick-fil-A is, I would argue, a little healthier than some of the others yeah, in yeah. its class. Um, because you can get like chicken noodle soup or whatever. Um, mm. but that, oh, you got a subway. You're all right. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. see the subway. That's kind of my go-to now is more subs. Yeah. I, I I'm a Jersey a Mike's guy. Really? So yeah, yeah, I love Jersey Mike's, uh, and, but yeah, subway and that kind of stuff is healthy enough to at least, uh, um, to, to get you by without putting a bunch of weight on. And, and again, what you eat at the track on race day is is critical to your performance in the car because even even eating a banana for the potassium so you don't cramp up is is you know is pretty critical um i think and and i've had a lot of drivers tell me the same thing so um i have to start doing that i i don't need a ton on race day i don't want to get like you mentioned earlier about the inside his helmet and all um <laughs> or I, one of you mentioned well you it. won't i did but you won't do that if it's not if Taco it's Bell. Good, good food, yeah, like yeah. It's not as likely to happen. But I don't I don't need a ton on race day. Um yeah. 
smaller, just you yeah, got to keep your snacks, energy up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't, you have to have the energy. That's why mm-hmm. they always say carbo load the night before, mm-hmm. do your, you know, your pasta or whatever. And then on race day, just smaller, right. healthy things. And, and, um, you know, and, and, and you, you learn your own body mm-hmm. and what your own body needs, right. you know. Yeah. So, but it's just a very interesting discussion. And it's obviously something that we're much more conscious of in this day and age, because even, you know, when I was growing up and I always look back and, and it's like, well, my parents ate meat and potatoes and my grandparents ate meat and potatoes three squares a day and they were thin. Mm-hmm. But then we started putting all this junk in the foods. Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of what the difference is. It's, it's the chemicals, the process stuff. So it's just hard to break old habits sometimes. Mm-hmm. So um, but, you know, when you get I'm 52 now and you, and you just get to that point where it's like I've got to. I've got to decide that I've got to at least try to get better. You know, I'm never going to be as much of a health food nut as, you know, probably my, um, you know, my trainer friends are. But but you just try to eat smaller portions and just do what you right. can to, to get better and give yourself one or two cheat days a week just so you don't completely go nuts. Yeah. Um, you know, so. But anyways, that's that's all good stuff. And it's great to see that you've put yourself in a pretty good position with the truck. Um, and, you know, really from the from the truck, you can almost go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were talking earlier about maybe wanting to try to do some late model stuff for next year as well. Yeah, we uh, we have a couple connections with some late model teams and uh, we're looking at maybe scheduling something throughout the year in our in our free time because our super truck season is about 12 races long. Yeah. So that leaves plenty of weeks throughout the year to find another yeah, ride for sure um but yeah so we're we're looking at and of course with funding and all um some potential whether it's a pro late model or late model stock um or somewhere in between uh, just just arranging some rides surf seat time and late models by 2021 that's the goal to be full-time in so uh, kind of breaching off into them for this year will certainly be key. And you're 18? I am. Yep. 18, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, really, you can you can go anywhere that the resources and opportunity take you at this point from an age yeah. standpoint. So you're good to go. Uh, okay, we'll step aside one more time. When we come back, we've got more news to talk about. Ryan Flores had a really interesting weekend uh, in Atlantic City running his TQ Midget. We're going to tell you about it when we return. We'll be right back. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. 
It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes, on Route 1 just north of Quantico in Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Olero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back. We've got about uh, 30 minutes left or so in the show. Tom Baker, Brett Suggs, James Mellick inside the WSIC studios in Statesville, North Carolina. Got asked over my vacation, what is WSIC? Well, as you can see, it's a radio studio, but uh, there's also cameras here. They have a, uh, a new TV, over-the-air TV station that they are programming 25.2 out of charlotte so from 6 a.m to noon each day whatever's on the radio all of the local radio stuff that happens in the studio is being broadcast to the tv station as well and then it goes satellite until uh, except on monday and thursday nights when we come on and broadcast the show so basically anything live in this studio is going to be on tv as well um, and that's kind of the way it works. Um, we do the inside pass on Tuesday mornings from 11 to noon here in the same studio. That's a one hour show with Randy Miller and I, and, uh, it is broadcast to 25.2 also to uh continuum cable channel four in Mooresville. And then of course, uh, all, th- all three of the radio signals as well. 100.7, 105.9 and 1400 AM. Um, so, a lot of stuff happens here at WSIC. It's basically a hometown radio station that uh, reaches quite a ways. And uh, it this was the first building in which NASCAR uh, was broadcast in the Carolinas. This was the it wasn't this station at, back then, but uh, was in the same building. And so uh, kind of we brought it back um, in the fall. And, and this is our first full year here with WSIC. And we appreciate Mark and the staff. They are just um, great friends and like family to us now and uh, great partners as well. So we continue with the show. Um, and it's interesting to talk about 
Uh, Brett's background in the open wheel cars like the quarter midgets, well, uh, it so happens that the TQ midgets, which is a basically a quarter midgets big brother, um, t- ran the first of their indoor winter series races at Atlantic City this past weekend. Ryan Flores, who happens to be one of the um, tire changers for um, Team Penske, Go yeah. ahead, James. You yeah, last year, in? I believe he was on the 12 car with Blaney last year, I believe. Yeah, I think he is. I think he used to be, uh, he used to be in the Xfinity. Uh, I think he's kind of come up with Blaney, actually. Yeah. Because I think he was with the Wood Brothers when Blaney was over there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he did I think the Wood he went Brothers. over there and then back to, yeah. So yep. I think he's with Blaney. Now, it'll be interesting because we mentioned at the top of the show, if you miss this, the cup crew chiefs for Team Penske have all swapped around. So Jeremy Bowens, who was with Blaney, is now going to Brad. And Brad's crew chief, Paul Wolf is going to Joey. And Joey's crew chief, Todd Gordon, is going to Blaney. So if you can remember all that, by the time the show ends, you get an A. Now, what we were told was that the crews are going with the crew chiefs. So that makes me wonder now if Ryan might not be over, um, let's see, Bowens to Brad. So he might be on the two car now. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to move them, if they're going to leave them with the drivers. Because... Remember the, All of the, the guys. Crews well, the guys with the crew chiefs. Well, the pit crews learn from the drivers, yeah. and they all work together, and that's yeah. how they build a team. And we've seen uh, pit crew changes throughout the playoffs to try to yep. to increase that. Yep. Um, so you kind of wonder: Are they going to make the pit crews change, or is it that's just going to be the said. road crew? According to so um, all the crew, road a yep. crew, which is road guys. The, and then it said the crews will day. will go with the crew chiefs. Okay, I wasn't sure if they yep. meant just road guys who go so there. Everybody and work rotates. On it. Or uh, pit crew guys as well. So we all wear new colors next year over at Team Penske. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. But uh, <laughs> talking, the reason we brought up Ryan Flores is because Ryan had himself an interesting weekend. They had two nights of racing in the TQs at Atlantic City: Friday night and Saturday night. Friday night, Ryan flipped. Saturday night, he ended up winning the race with a flat tire. Now that you know that, I don't care how. You make that happen, that makes for a pretty interesting racing weekend, Brett. Um, You know, Ryan's one of the best at the indoor TQ racing. And it's interesting how you have this young man who, of course, has a racing background, but ended up doing the crew thing because it was a way to be involved in the sport if you can't make it as a driver. Um, um, But he still, this is his playtime in the winter. He gets to go and do these things. He builds them. He races them. I mean, the, this guy is held in very high esteem. And so Eric Rudolph got the win on Friday. Uh, another driver who he runs uh, the super dirt car, big block cars up north on the dirt during the this, this, this regular season. But Eric is another one that grew up racing indoors um, in from go-karts on up. They used to run these TQ deals at Niagara Falls for a long time which made it a great weekend because um, you got to go to the falls and, and see the racing and just have a nice weekend out a few times a year. Um, and I, in fact, I can remember when Eric, when he first was coming up in the go-karts, he wouldn't talk. He, he, he had a very limited vocabulary. And one night I got asked to sit in for one of the two announcers at Niagara Falls and so, of course, I was in the second chair, so I got to interview all the cart winners, which was fine with me because I love the carts anyway. Um, so Eric wins, and he's probably seven or eight. And so the other announcer, Kenny Hangauer, says to me, I promise you, 
It doesn't matter what you ask him. His response is going to be, the track's loose. So sure enough, I went out and thinking, well, I, you know, I've always been able to, to kind of get people to talk. I don't know why. It's just something that's kind of been a skill of mine. Well, uh, I said, to him, you know, congratulations, Eric, on the win. Track's loose. <laughs> that was about the end of the interview. But he's learned to talk very well, and he can also drive like crazy. Um, so he wins on Friday, and Skip Flores wins on Saturday with a flat. That's a pretty good day. Yeah, it is. I've uh, had a couple of misfortunes where I've caught a flat but never went on to win the race, too, especially on the last lap. It yeah. was a flat on the last, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's, he, uh, yeah. It was lucky uh, to hang on to that one, for well, sure. Well, yeah, and of course, you know, he he made a lot of – he made a lot of really, I would say, um, whiskey, but well-timed. The late race moves in traffic mm. to, to get. And, you know, they had a bunch of wrecks on Saturday because it just seems like the less grip you have, those things on the concrete floor, if you don't have enough grip, they just slide all over the place mm. and everybody spins and crashes. Um, and then people, you know, also use a lot of bumper there as you would expect on a bull ring scenario. And so, um, but he ended up winning the race and you know, it's, it, it's really fun to watch those. If you've never seen a TQ midget race or an indoor race of any type, go catch one. Um, they run, I think they're at, I want to say they're at Atlantic city one more time this January, maybe the end of January, but you can go to indooratoracing.com and look up the schedule. It's there, indooratoracing.com, um, and check them out. They're a lot of fun to watch, and it's it's really a nice weekend away and something that the entire family can enjoy. And, of course, uh, you know, everybody knows about the Chili Bowl, but these TQs do a great job on the indoor concrete stuff as well. So um, Thursday, we'll have Jacob Seelman back, and Jacob will talk a little bit about the Rumble um, that uh, Tony Stewart won both ends of in Fort Wayne, Indiana, just uh, just before New Year's. So um, we started to talk about that last week with him on the phone. We'll, we'll kind of rehash that this Thursday with him in studio. So. Um, that's, uh, that's that. Now, if, what, if, if you could drive any race car without reservation of money or whatever, if you could just get in any race car and take laps, what would it be? It'd have to be a super late model. I'm an asphalt guy and, uh, probably ideal race would be the snowball derby. Of course, biggest really? super, super late model race out there. So um, that's like your dream? Because that seems like a low well, shot at a I dream. I mean, I guess, I guess you said any. So yeah, a, cup a, car, car. a cup car would be ideal. Then hopping in like a F1 would be killer. Like that would, that would be a blast. But Super Late models still have their place on, on the board. That's interesting. That's yep. interesting. Because, I mean, I grew up with Super Modifieds, right. which are the fastest short track cars on the planet. Mm. So if... If, if somebody's giving me the opportunity to just get in a car and go, I'm choosing a super modified because there is just nothing like a super modified. Um, but it, that's interesting. Well, that's a reasonable goal, yeah. I would think, that yeah. you could you could make that happen in Definitely. the next year or two. Yeah, for sure. um, and the Snowball Derby is just an amazing race. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's I would argue it's the premier race in super late models, although I have to always say it's the southern premier race because the oxford 250 yep. up north for the pro stocks mm -hmm. the the thing a lot of people don't understand a pro stock is a super late model yeah it's just a different name but it's the same car um so the oxford 250 and the snowball i would argue are the 
the the two marquee events and it just you know if you could catch both of them in a year you're basically mm-hmm. doing super late model everything at that yeah. point that's that's <laughs> like the um i mean you know you you could pick maybe the all-american race at nashville or something mm-hmm. as the the third in the trifecta but if you're going to pick two there's your there's your two right there so um do you have a preference in terms of i mean obviously you're heading you want to head to nascar i guess mm-hmm. right yeah, definitely. That'd that's, be that's in, the track in the dream right there. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a particular NASCAR driver that you look up to? I'd say Chase Elliott because he, like he, well, and William Byron too. I, I became close friends with William through RC racing. Um, but just, just <laughs> no, going. That's funny. Yeah, it's it's a small world that he'd just come out to our little RC track in Mooresville, North Carolina. It's amazing how many of you guys actually do that still. It's, I mean, it's big and, and it's, I did it's that growing. When I was yeah, younger. my brother and I were big into that for sure. But yeah. uh, Chase and William, William, because like he's a great kid and I've, I've known him for a while now, and through his experience on i racing and what he's done and his accomplishments, and Chase just because I mean he raced the late models, he put in all the effort and a lot. I mean, a lot of drivers did run late models, but uh, to see his success and uh, where it's taken him, not just because of his last name, but because he's a proven talented race car driver uh he's he's another one i look up to i think chase is i mean everyone well he's bill elliott's son Mm -hmm. well yeah i know but chase has built his own reputation that's right you know he he's never wanted to be known as bill Mm -hmm. elliott's son he he, i'm sure he's proud of that and doesn't want to downplay it but he wants to be his own guy and he's just uh he's had quite a career to this point i think i don't think we've even I don't think he's peaked. I don't think he's near his peak no. yet. I think he's still getting better. Oh yeah, you know. And as Hendrick get, keeps getting better, it's uh, going to be interesting. We'll be back with the final segment of tonight's lead lap show right after this. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds? Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Whew. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. 
It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a Facebook message and tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set you. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Okay, so this is where, if you've ever watched uh, Pardon the Interruption, you used to have Reality, who would uh, shout the corrections at the end of each episode. So you just got to pretend I'm reality uh, correction. Um, and it actually is. Uh, I knew something was not right when I kept saying Atlantic city, they were at Allentown for the indoor race this past weekend. And now uh, at uh, the PPL center in uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania is where the TQ race was. Atlantic city is coming up at the end of the month. I knew that was correct. Um, January 31st and February 1st boardwalk hall in Atlantic City, New Jersey, and then at the uh, almost the end of February, the 21st and 22nd, they're in Trenton, New Jersey, um, at the Cure Insurance Arena. And then March 13th and 14th, they are up in Syracuse in my neck of the woods, and I am trying real hard to be there for this. Um, second year they've done this at uh, the uh, New York State Fairgrounds Exposition Center in Syracuse, New York. So the TQ Indoor Auto Racing uh, VP TQ Championship Series was uh, actually at Allentown. That's where everything happened that we talked about in the last segment. So, Tom Baker, Brett Suggs, James Mellick taking you through our lightning round. And this is generally where we just sort of go off the chart and um, just random around the table questions. But we've still got some things to talk about Um as far as news goes, of course, part of that is Kyle Busch. Um, you know, we all sit here and watch Kyle during the season, and I'm sure, you know, we all have our own opinions one way or another about Kyle, whatever. But I think we can all agree that the the man can flat drive a race car. Absolutely. Um, and he got into his sports car um at uh, Daytona for the Rolex. First time he's run a car like that. And it was interesting because to hear him talk about it, he kind of steadily got better and was working on his, uh, on the things that he wasn't necessarily doing as well. And one of the main things he said he had to work on was his braking. And that, that makes perfect sense. If you understand that he's used to driving a big, heavy stock car 
and he gets into this much lighter and more nimble car where you you can give it all the brake you want um, and you're not going to hurt it because they have brakes about, you know, yay big on these things. Yeah. Um, and so he, that was a real adjustment for him. And I, I, I think that by the time they go back and you get him in the race car, you know, he's, he's got some, he's got a, a strong set of teammates. Um, Jack Hawksworth, who a lot of people know from the IndyCar series, Jack is, is probably the ace of the team. And, you know, Kyle speculated that if they're in contention for a win in their division or whatever, he felt like Jack would probably run the last four or five hours. But in all honesty, Brett, when you look at a guy like Kyle and you see him go and do something that's out of his element, as a racer yourself, even though you're much younger, you still have kind of an element that you've existed in, Mm -hmm. a box, if you will, for a good bit of your career. Can you kind of relate to what that's like to go do something that's kind of radically different in a very different type of car? I mean, I guess you could say when I'd venture out on dirt a little bit, uh, or even running at the summer shootout, Bojangles summer shootout at Charlotte Motor Speedway in the Legend car. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of seat time in the Legend, and I ran like one or two practice Very rounds different. and was on my way to a full-blown round eight of the 2016 season and actually came out with a, a pretty solid finish, top 10 in my first run, starting deep in the field, like 23rd or something wow. way back there. Um, but yeah, it, it's certainly a a whole other discipline when you're hopping into something you never raced before and on a track you've never been to. But with a driver like Kyle Busch, I mean, he's so well-trained and well-structured as a driver that he can adapt to all these different situations really, really quick. Yeah. I, I mean, it's one of those things where you, as a driver, you get used to a certain feel mm-hmm. in a race car if if that's all you drive. And then you get into something that's totally different and y- y- you, you're you looking for that same feel and you just can't have it yeah. in this case because it's not a stock car. So he, you then have to listen to the car and be able to adapt to what the car wants. Some drivers can do that better than others. Jeff Gordon ran the Rolex a couple of years back and, you know, I love Jeff and Jeff was a great road racer in the cup series, but I think he figured out fairly quickly that when you get into one of those cars, it's a very different thing. Now they ended up winning, but it, mm-hmm. in a, with all respect to Jeff, it wasn't really because of Jeff right. that they won. Um, you know, he was kind of along for the ride. But the main thing is, is those guys go, they have a blast and they add a whole bunch to the to the show in terms of getting people to watch the Rolex who probably may not otherwise bother watching it. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know I look forward to watching the Rolex every year and I want to watch him at night mm-hmm. because you watch a guy like Juan Pablo Montoya at night in one of those cars. Um, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. He and another driver got hooked up in a battle for first. It was like midnight. It was raining. And those two were right on the edge of destruction mm-hmm. for like 20 minutes, just back and forth going at it. And it's like, that's talent right yeah. there. Because if you can do that, it, it not only takes a lot of fortitude, but it takes a lot of talent to be able to handle the race car like that. And so that race gives those NASCAR drivers 
something fresh and, and they enjoy doing it. And I think it teaches them things that they can then take back to the stock car world and then go to the next road race and say, okay, well, you know, I can start thinking about thinking more like a road course racer and how important, you know, breaking the driver is mm-hmm. or whatever and figure out how to do that with my stock car. Yeah, for sure. I've done the past couple of weeks, a lot of road course training. There's actually a, a simulator place in Mooresville called Crimson Simulation. Yes. And they have these full-blown uh, motion rigs. And every time I'm there, it's like a road course that we're going to be racing on. And actually just yesterday I was there and uh, we were in, a, I think it was a Ferrari at Laguna Seca. And now I've never been to Laguna Seca or let alone ran a Ferrari. That is a cool road course. Yeah, yeah, I love it. But after just a little bit of practice, then we jumped into a race with the other racers that were there. And I started third or something and just hit my marks, ran smooth and actually got the win. You can check that out on my Facebook live stream of it. But uh, yeah, it's... Oh, wow. They live stream them? Uh, we did on our page, Rest Suggs Racing on Facebook. Oh, did, like you had somebody there that was... Yeah, yeah. Oh, we were I filming see. Okay. It. Okay. Yep. okay. Yep. Yeah. That's but, cool. Yeah, road course. It's a... Uh, it's a lot, especially in a road course car, it's a, it's a whole other animal than going in a stock car. It's a completely different, it, we, you know, I always talk about mental programming because mm-hmm. anything we learn to do is a program just like on a computer. And, and it's a completely different set of mental programming to develop for the road course because nothing is really like it is on an oval. The, the, the mental approach, the, the what's acceptable on a road course, for example, there is no, you know, back bumper to front bumper you can't right. you know you can't ram somebody but yet if you go into a corner they'll run you right off the course yeah. i mean you know it's it's there are certain things contact wise that are allowed but mm-hmm. not you, you know not others so you just got to and and it's so much more um i always call it a, a prettier style of driving it's all about making the perfect arc and yeah. you know doing all of those things to keep momentum up and and, and that kind of thing it you, you can't really sling those things around like uh, you do on an oval track yeah i mean it takes finesse for sure you got to be clean and consistent yeah. and it's it's a pretty amazing thing to watch like the rolex i've been there plenty of times it's it's always a really fascinating race especially at night it looks really cool with yeah. the, all the door lights and everything just as they're speeding around, but it's, it takes uh, a lot of training to get to where they're at. Well, yeah, for sure. And, you know, again, for a guy like Kyle Busch, you know, I know I, re- I can remember Dale Earnhardt thoroughly enjoyed mm. his, his time when he ran there. Um, and, and I'm sure Kyle, uh, Kyle is too. It's just, it, it challenges everything you know about driving a race car yeah. f- because you come from a completely different discipline. That's why the IROC series was always so much fun. Mm. And I wish they would bring something like that back because I think if you could do so much more with that now with all of the, you know, the availability of television, all of that, not that it wasn't, it was televised before, but just, it's so much, I think, I think if you could bring some sort of an IROC series back now and you could convince the Formula One guys to sort of lower their um, noses long enough to jump in a, a, a taxi cab, um, you know, just to come and, and do this, I think it would be a lot of fun. And, and you just, again, you run the mix of ovals and road courses. Everybody's a good time. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. Some of the personalities we've got in the sport now, I think an IROC series could be extremely entertaining. So um, be interesting to see that. Okay, so I want to make sure we give you a, <laughs> an opportunity to say thank you to everybody who helps make it happen for you. So here you go. Right. So definitely my parents, they've been along my side all my racing career. My mom and dad, they uh, 
they do everything and without them I wouldn't even be in here today filming this so uh Really, really big shout-out to them, Dan and Julie. I think they're actually bowling tonight. They have a league bowl going on. Um, so if you're watching, thank you for everything you do. Uh, my whole family in general, they've all been really supportive of my racing. And a and Landscape Supplies out of Mooresville. They've been on the board on board of the truck since last season, and we're excited to bring them back for this year as well. And also our uh, potential marketing partners, they know who they are um, <laughs> without without actually hint, saying, hint, saying hint, any names. Hint. But uh, we're really excited for what's upcoming this year. And also, Tom, for you and everybody uh, behind the scenes that's making this happen, really, really glad to be here. Well, we, uh, we appreciate having you. It's always a lot of fun to talk with the next generation. Um, don't forget, next week on this show, on We Lap, uh, next Monday night, we're going to have Tim Southers, the director of communications from the Martinsville Speedway, is going to be with us. So we'll get to talk in depth about everything Martinsville's got going on for this coming year. And I'm going to really talk to him about one particular event that I can't wait for. Modifieds return to Martinsville in 2020. I can't wait to see that show. That should be a whole lot of fun. So with that, we bring this show to a close. I want to thank all of you for listening. Thank all of our um, supporting partners here uh, at Race Chaser Media, HMS Motorsport in particular, the uh, primary sponsor of this show. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Check it out for all of your driver safety needs. Until next week, actually until tomorrow morning, if you want to tune right back in here uh, for the Inside Pass at 11 Eastern. But until next week, for League Lap, for our producer, James Mellick, and for Brett Suggs, I'm Tom Baker. Thank you for watching or listening. See ya. You've been listening to Lead Lap Radio, powered by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Lead Lap Radio is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of the show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.